Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ian Harditson. Today, we're going to talk some Green Bay Packers in the next step of our team preview series. We already have the AFC North knocked down. Moving forward, we'll be going through the NFC North on our way through going through every single football team before week one of the 2020 season. So without further ado, your 2020 Green Bay Packers Fantasy Football Preview. First, same guy we've been talking about for the last decade, Aaron Rodgers. Is he the same world-beating Hall of Famer that he's always been? Sometimes. All the time, not so much. It's just it's a matter of the efficiency. He hasn't averaged over 7.5 yards per attempt since 2014. He's never thrown interceptions. He still makes a couple throws a game that you realize that no one else on this world can make. I mean, that touchdown he had against the Chiefs. To Jamal Williams, I believe, where, I don't know about you people, but I literally looked away because I thought the guy was throwing the ball out of bounds. And he was throwing it out of bounds, but in the one, two square foot area on the field where his guy could actually make the catch. So we still see the glimpses for sure, but in terms of fancy land, it's just hard to really get on board at this point and pay that usual premium that we have to do for Aaron Rodgers, you know, at least in our home leagues with our friends. Maybe if you're out here in a best ball draft, uh, you know, higher stakes, you know, we're getting a more reasonable price tag. But I think people still just look at Rodgers as this locked-in QB1. And while he was QB9 last season, QB14 in fantasy points per game, he only had four games with at least 20 fantasy points. I mean, that tied his career low, but the career lows were from seasons. We only played seven to nine games. Truly just not good from a fantasy perspective. He was a full fantasy point under his previous worst season. Career low 11 rushing yards per game. I mean, this is a guy that almost led the Packers. I believe it was 2015 was that year. He almost led them in rushing. That used to be a huge part of his fantasy appeal. It's just not there anymore, guys. And, you know, the Jordan Love pick, I don't. I think they would have been better served using it on a receiver. But, you know, it makes sense of what the franchise has done in the past. I mean, the Packers drafted Rodgers in 2005 when Brett Favre was entering his 15th season and 36 years old. 2020 will be Rodgers' 16th season, and he's 36 years old. So, Aaron Rodgers... I'm not paying a premium for him. I'm not counting the guy out. Again, he's not washed, but when your offense doesn't really take many steps to improve your supporting cast, and we just haven't seen that same you know, 16-game eliteness in recent seasons, I will mostly be selling Aaron Rodgers in 2020. Moving on to backfield, and I want to start off with a quote from the Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur himself, because who else? Who else is going to decide playing time more so than Mr. LaFleur? So this was him before the draft. I think the RB position is one of the tougher positions to play in terms of physicality, and I think you always need multiple guys to get to that finish line. Certainly, we'd like to play one more game than we did last season, and we're going to need not only those two guys, but I do think we're going to need a third guy to put into that mix moving forward. The floor is talking about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and the third guy, and this was a quote from before the draft, will now be A.J. Dillon. Now, I don't know if any of us think the Packers were one more running back away from making the Super Bowl last year. It kind of seemed like maybe they're... I don't know. Their offensive line getting overwhelmed by the 49ers defensive line or their run defense just not being able to even somewhat slow down Raheem Mostert. I call those a little more important than getting a third running back, but I I, I digress. So we're we're not going to go there. But we need to just focus on this quote. They're going to use three running backs this year. Whether or not you want Aaron Jones to just be the featured stud or not. Is he capable of doing that? Absolutely. You don't score 19 touchdowns on 285 touchdowns, 285 touches without being at least a little bit of a baller. It's just going to be tough. And what Aaron Jones needs to be, I think, a, a fancy RB1 again is an Austin Eckler-esque workload. 
We need him to get fed the ball in the pass game. And there's a chance that happens. He has the ability to do it. We've seen that from Aaron Jones over these years. I mean, truly a three-down special back. And it's just a matter of can he get those targets. Because last year, he averaged 6.8 targets per game without Devontae Adams. That sunk to 3.5 with Devontae Adams. And this just wasn't a situation where we had a bunch of snaps for Aaron Jones to go around. Jamal Williams played at least 40% of the offensive snaps in every single game that he wasn't injured, you know, during it or just completely out. And you don't draft A.J. Dillon, who's six feet, 247 pounds, you know, like a lower middle class man's Derrick Henry. He's got four or five speed. This guy is going to get 10 carries on early downs sooner rather than later. You don't draft running backs in the second round just to sit him on the bench. The Packers have talked about wanting to run the ball more. Jones needs to pretty much moonlight as their number two receiver, I think, to cash in on this top 10 fantasy hype he's getting. And he can do it. Again, last year, he had one game where he played at more than six snaps in the slot or out wide. He had seven catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. Took a you know sluggo, just roasted Anthony Hitchens for a long score. Took a screen a long way. Dude is so dangerous in open field. It would make sense if they use him more as a receiver this year, particularly considering the lack of investments they made in their wide receiver and tight end room during the offseason. But tough to assume rational coaching in Green Bay. Now the wide receiver room. You know, it's it's Devontae Adams and it's everyone else. And Adams needs to be treated as anyone's idea of, you know, the highest end wide receiver one. I mean, last four years in PPR points per game, we've seen him finish wide receiver 10, wide receiver 9, wide receiver 1, and wide receiver 6 most recently. I know he's only surpassed 1,000 yards once, but he's only played 16 games twice. Like, focus on touchdowns, everyone. I don't like these arbitrary kind of yardage milestones we throw around all these times. Football's about winning points. Devontae Adams finds the end zone better than just about anyone. And he gets chances to do so more than just about anyone. I mean, he was first in targets per game in 2018, second behind only Michael Thomas last year. There's a real chance that we see Adams finish as fantasy's wide receiver one in 2020, and his target total might just start with a two when it's all said and done. After him, Alan Lazard is the uh, prime candidate to be that number two receiver. Look, he's 6'3", 225, with 4'5 four, four, speed. He had some blow performances last year. Now, they were against the Giants and Lions, pretty much, so uh, didn't see him really uh, pass along much of a floor, but, you know, the things you hear from Rodgers, hey, Rodgers invited Lazard to Thanksgiving. Rodgers likes Lazard. Rodgers, you know, complimented his attendance and voluntary meetings. I might have made up that last one, but, you know, it's a bunch of things about Lazard and Rodgers that Rodgers seems to like, which, hey, I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I would much rather a quarterback like the wide receiver, but I think, you know, expecting Lazard to be this true game breaker, probably asking a little much. Can he be a competent receiver here? Absolutely, but don't underestimate the chances of Devin Funches coming in here and taking that number two job. First of all, the, the tight end jokes you're thinking about are rude and incorrect. I don't want to hear them. This guy averaged four and a half catch, I'm sorry, four catches, 50 yards, half half a touchdown per game in 15 career games without Greg Olson in Carolina. He goes to the Colts last year, and as he's dragging a dude to get past the first down marker on a pretty huge fourth down play, he breaks his collarbone, and he couldn't play the rest of the season. So, you know, similar to like a Chris Herndon situation, we're getting just a big-time discount on a player that has flashed some talent that's in a situation where you could get a ton of targets, but they're just free and fancy right now pretty much because people are you know, still sad about being burned by him last year, even though the only reason they were burned last year was because of an injury. It wasn't like he was just healthy and couldn't get on the field. So 
Don't sleep on Funches. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, man, he's got that size-speed combo, but at this point, that chemistry at Rogers so brutal, couldn't even get on the field down the stretch. Also got Jake Kumaro, Equinemius St. Brown, everyone's favorite, CFL, off-season darling, Reggie Bagleton. So keep an eye on that, but my favorites, two emerge in three wide receiver sets, Adams, Lazard, and Funches. At tight end, we got Jay Sternberger earning some, uh, you know, late round sleeper appeal, which, hey, it's fine. Again, you know, him, Lazard, Funches, these guys are so cheap, you might as well take darts on them. And Sternberger, 6'4", 251 pounds with some actual seam stretching ability. Guy had 48 catches for 832 yards and 10 touchdowns back at Texas A&M. I mean, anytime you see that sort of collegiate production from any tight end, you got to take notice. LaFleur did go out of his way to compliment his blocking. There's a chance we see Sternberger get a legit three-down roll in anyone's idea of an you know unproven pecking order now i went through the tight end position he is one of 10 guys i think could clearly emerge as their offense's number three pass game option now that doesn't include you know your kelsey's and kittles you're going to fight to be a number one guy or even your herndon no offense that could be a number two guy so i'm not saying take sternberger in that top 12 picks but among tight ends going outside the top 20 in fantasy drafts you can definitely do worse than someone like sternberger who again has that chance to be one of rogers top targets when it's all said and done only Jermichael finley has really put up any sense Lines of fantasy production with Rodgers under center. But, you know, again, Sternberger is this type of guy that might possess some actual receiving traits, be able to make some noise out of the slot. Doesn't have many other people to throw to, so we'll see what happens. All right, so my verdict on these players, and moving forward, I'm just going to list... I'll list the rank I have for these guys and then the player I have immediately before them, immediately after them. You can get these rankings all season long. PFF.com, use code FANCY40, get 40% off my ranks and a bunch of other cool stuff. So Aaron Rodgers, I have as a QB16. Again, he was QB14 in fantasy points for game last year. This really shouldn't be that egregious of a ranking. I have him one ranking behind Matt Ryan, one spot ahead of Jared Goff. I have Aaron Jones as the RB13, one ranking behind Josh Jacobs, one ranking above James Conner. Obviously, he has the ability, but it's it's a three RB backfield, everyone. I wish it wasn't. Uh, Devontae Adams, I have my, my wide receiver, too, along with uh, Matt Harmon. Check out that wide receiver pod from last week. If you haven't, Michael Thomas, wide receiver one, Tyreek Hill, wide receiver three. Lazard I have as my wide receiver, 69, well down the list here, uh, one spot ahead of Alshon Jeffrey, one spot behind Brashad Perryman now with the Jets. Uh, Jay Sternberger, I have, my, I have as my tight end, 21, one spot behind Jack Doyle, one spot ahead of Ian Thomas. And that's that, everyone. Look, the Packers, their win total this year is nine. I am taking the under hardcore here. This was a 500 football team in terms of most, most efficiency statistics last year. Nine and one in one score games. Like, this is not a stat that, you know, is consistent from year to year. I like their secondary. I mean, Yair Alexander, you know, obviously had a bad game against Amari Cooper, but otherwise he's shown a lot of the traits of a true shutdown corner in this league. You know, I, I, again, secondary looks good, but that run defense still brutal. And, you know, you look on the offense, and there's just no off-season additions other than A.J. Dillon, who might be a monster, but come on. The fact they couldn't get Rodgers another receiver, too concerning for me. I got the under. I'm not really going out of my way to get these Packers fancy assets this year with the exception of Devontae Adams. So thank you all for listening. I'm Ian Hartis. This was the Green Bay Packers Fantasy Football Team Preview. Until next time, take care, everyone.